Father in heaven, we are so thankful that we can be here this morning. And Father, we don't want to forget why we can gather together. We know that it's because you were willing to send your son. Jesus, that you were willing to come to suffer in our place, to take on the wrath of the Father that should have been poured on us. Father, I pray that that truth, the truth of the gospel, would never stop having an impact on our hearts, that it would never stop influencing the way that we think, the way that we live. We're just so thankful for it. Thank you that we are now new creations. Though we live in this mixed condition, Father, you have given us everything that we need for life and godliness. And so I pray that as we open up your word this morning, that we would allow you to have it impact our hearts, that we would focus in on what you have to teach us, that we would be quick to listen, that we would not forget what we hear, but also that we would be doers of the word. Father, please, we we need your help as we hear your word so that it impacts us and the way that we live. And so we ask you for your help. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, go ahead and turn over your notebooks. And let's look at our Wellspring purpose and we'll go over the disciplines real quickly so that we remember what we are called as Women of Grace Bible Church to unite around. You think of that when you walk in on Wednesday mornings? I hope so. We meet together each Wednesday morning to, to equip and encourage each other. Okay, It's not just us, encourage, Jamie and me, encouraging you. We encourage each other to shepherd our hearts toward Jesus Christ with the word of God so that we live out the gospel. And we want to remember the greater impact that that has, thus strengthening the church in its gospel purpose. So here we are, ladies. Do you realize that we are over halfway through Wellspring? I think it's a good time to stop and evaluate. How are you doing with the disciplines in light of our purpose? Do you need to be encouraged? Do you maybe need to be challenged? Do you need to be reminded of what our hearts need most? Discipline 1 tells us that we are to shepherd our hearts with the word of God in order to meet with and love and worship and fear and become more faithful to the God of the word. It's where it all begins. Everything flows out of shepherding our hearts. Ladies, if we are not doing this, then we're like a dry well. We won't have much to offer those that God brings into our lives. We must be in his word. And we must be purposeful, caring for our hearts while we're doing that. And then the next place that needs to be impacted outside of our own hearts 
with the word of God and the God of the word is our is with those with whom we live. We must make sure that these are the relationships that we are remembering to care for first. There needs to be a gospel aroma coming off of us. Do you know what that looks like? We talk about that almost every week. There needs to be scripture flowing out of us and Christ seen in us that impacts those in our homes. Our children, our husbands, our roommates, we all need to make an impact with the gospel in those relationships. They ought to gain a sense that their home is a place that is centered on the gospel, on the word of God and on the God of the word. Now that only happens when we are purposeful in those household relationships. From there, discipline three makes sense. The woman who shepherds her heart and cares for those in her home also will have an impact in the church and with those outside of the church. She will be impactful because she will be centered on the gospel. And as we're going to see in the next couple of weeks, she will be impactful also because of the kind of woman that she is, one who knows her God, because that's her intention, to get to know him as she reads his word. Now it's important to be reminded of these things this morning as we wrap up Discipline 2, the home, and we're going to begin to move our way into Discipline 3, ministry. To do that, we're going to look at Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. So if you turn with it, turn there with me, please. Now, if you took Wellspring last year, this lesson is going to be very familiar to you. And so as you listen, you may want to evaluate and to see if you have grown in this area since last year. If so, then you can be encouraged with God's grace at work in you. If not, if you listen and you go, uh, I don't know, I feel like I'm still where I was last year. Well, then how thankful we can be that we can always start fresh at the foot of the cross. So let's look this morning at the lives of Mary and Martha. They're two single women. Martha's the oldest, Mary's the younger one. They have a brother, Lazarus, who later Jesus raises from the dead. And I think one thing that's important to understand as we read this passage is that there's no mention of servants, which were really very common in that day, implying that all of the household responsibilities of hospitality, preparing meals, you know, all that is involved in having a guest come into your home. All of those responsibilities fell to Martha and Mary. Now to many of us, this is a very familiar narrative in the word. Who doesn't identify with Martha, frustrated with all of the work that's before her? And who doesn't admire Mary's devotion to her Lord? Well, this morning, as we look into the lives of these two women and listen to Jesus' words to them, 
we will find that he has much to reveal to us in relation to himself and about our own hearts. What it means to be a servant and what will distract us from God-honoring service. As we do, I think we'll gain new insight into discipline number one and its interconnectedness with disciplines two and three. Why we must never neglect in bringing our hearts to the word of God and to remember its truths throughout our day. I want to begin by asking you some questions. Have you ever felt that your ministry, either to your family or to those outside of your home, seemed to involve endless preparations and tasks? Young moms, are you shaking your head yes? Have you ever felt distracted, carried away by the demands of all of those preparations? Have you ever felt alone in your ministry? Have you ever felt that no one really valued or was sensitive to the many demands of your ministry? Again, whether inside your home or outside of it. Have you found yourself at times frustrated with your ministry, with the people that God has placed in your life? Have you ever judged those around you when they seem to be oblivious to the demands of your ministry? Have you ever wondered how you, would, you will ever get everything done that needs to be done? And have you ever felt that your serving started out well, but eventually you lost sight, you got distracted and you lost sight of the real purpose behind your ministry. If so, then you'll be able to relate to Martha. And because I believe that so many of us can relate to her, we need to hear Jesus' words this morning as he addresses both Martha and Mary. So let's look at our passage. Let's start in verse 38. Now as they were traveling along, he, obviously Jesus, entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Now I want to begin to look at this passage by telling you what it's not about. Maybe it'll clear up some preconceived ideas that uh, you have. But I think it's important, too, to begin with what it's not about because it'll help clarify Jesus' intent of the passage. 
and it will it will not minimize what he wants us to learn about our own hearts so first of all uh, and i think these are in your notes these two sisters do not represent two equally legitimate priorities in the christian life inward devotion which we could say is discipline number 1 or practical activity in caring for those in our home and in ministry. You'd say those dis- that could be disciplines two and three. If we interpret this passage this way, we are completely missing the point. This passage is also not about personality types or temperaments. Have you ever heard it taught that way? Mary, in sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to his words, does not in any way show us that she was unwilling to serve. Jesus is not trying to help us learn how to become balanced between Martha-type ministry and Mary-type solitude. And the focus of this passage is not that we should be unconcerned with serving. This passage is all about our hearts before the Lord. So let's look again at verse 38. Now as they were traveling along, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. In this verse, we see a heart to serve. Martha started out with good intentions. She welcomed Jesus into her home. Her intent was to extend kindness and hospitality as she received Jesus into her home. Jesus is certainly not saying in this passage that we should ignore extending kindness. Look for just a moment at what comes before this verse. Look up to verses 33 through 37. You see what it is? It's the parable of the Good Samaritan. Jesus has just taught that we need to love others by our actions, by our deeds, by serving our neighbor. Serving reflects the image of God. We were created to bear that image of Jesus as one who serves. Yet, There is great warning in this passage that follows right after it that we all must heed. We can have the best of intentions to serve and to extend kindness to those in our households and to those we invite in, but good intentions do not guarantee a good ending. We must not be deceived into thinking that a good beginning guarantees a strong finish. We all have the potential to undo our good intentions if we are not careful. We must guard against that undoing by choosing the one thing that Jesus says is necessary. Look down at verse 39. She, Martha, had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. We see in Mary a heart engaged. Mary understood the priority of shepherding her heart above all else. Does that remind you of anything? 
It should. Our minds ought to go right to our theme verse. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And that's what Mary is doing. She was taking full advantage of her opportunity to spend time listening to and taking in Jesus' teaching. See, the Son of God himself was a guest in her home. Now, some translations say Mary, who also was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. The idea is that Mary was serving, but she leaves her serving in order to listen to Jesus' teaching. Verse 40 gives us another indication that Mary had previously been helping Martha. When she said to Jesus, do you not care that my sister has left me? She acknowledges that Mary had taken part in serving. But Mary, unlike Martha, knew what part of serving was necessary and then was willing to stop so she could focus on Jesus. She understood her priorities She had prepared what was necessary and then left her serving in order to listen to Jesus' teaching. Now, we need to understand how unusual it was for a woman in that culture to take this position. Jewish rabbis would never teach a woman. But Mary was so drawn to Jesus that she dropped everything she was doing to hear what he had to say. And not only was Mary listening to Jesus' teaching, but she was doing something else that was remarkable for a woman. She was seated right at his feet. Her desire was to be as near to Jesus as she could get. Ladies, we get to do that. That is available to us. Anytime we want to take advantage of it. Now, why is that important for us to notice Mary's position? It's important because I think her position reveals her heart. It shows us her intense interest in what Jesus had to say. She was literally captivated by the master teacher. Martha was interested in accomplishing But Mary was interested in a person. She was consumed with Christ. She sat at his feet and she listened to him intently. She wanted to know Christ. Now that takes purposeful choice. She chooses to be free from distractions, even the good distractions, in order to choose the best. She was very intentional in her choice. Have you learned that as we've gone through the Wellsprings disciplines each week? We must learn to be intentional in choosing to be near to Jesus as we take in his word and allow it to affect our hearts. This will happen when we, like Mary, understand the treasure in knowing him. Now, let's look at the contrast as we look back at Martha. Look at verse 40. 
But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving? Then tell her to help me. We see in verse 40 a heart distracted. Again, it is not wrong that Martha desired to serve Jesus. It's not wrong that we desire to serve those in our household and those in our body and those outside of it, our neighbors. Serving and working hard in service is good. In the early church, women were known for their service. Paul in Romans 16, 1 and 2 commends Phoebe, who was a servant and a helper in the church and to Paul personally. Romans 16, 3, Paul refers there to Priscilla as his fellow worker in Christ Jesus. Acts 16, 14 and 15 tells us that Lydia opened up her home and extended hospitality to Paul. And in Luke 4.39, we find that immediately after Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, she got up and she waited on them. She served them. Service, well, first of all, you never see in all of those verses that I just read and others, these women are not in any way rebuked for their service. Service isn't wrong. It's commendable, but the moment we stop making it about serving for the glory of God and we make it about something other than Him, the focus of our heart and our attention and our perspective can easily become self-absorbed. And our intentions, even at their best, can become sinful. This is where we see Martha. Because the focus of her heart was about her and not her master. She was distracted in her service and she placed too much value on excessive service. She was too worried about the cares of this world and possibly the opinions of others. Proverbs 29.25 calls that the fear of man And it tells us that it brings a snare. Her distractions proved that the motive of her heart was not pure. Martha was worried and bothered in her service. It became all about doing. Overemphasis on activity distracted her from the one thing necessary. Martha was soon drawn away from Jesus. Martha's heart was swept away by much preparation. Swept away by the one she is ultimately trying to serve. Ministry began to spoil because of what was in her heart. And it doesn't just stay confined within Martha. If our hearts are in the wrong place, others will soon be affected by it. Our family and those to whom we are ministering. You find that to be true in your home?
Martha was a woman who forgot to shepherd her heart, even when she thought she was serving Jesus. Ladies, that is a danger for us as well. We can become so focused in ministering to those in our home and ministering to those that God places in our life that we forget it all begins with caring for our own hearts first. Discipline number one. We forget how easily our hearts stray. We forget the danger our hearts are in, even while we're doing the good things. We forget Jesus. That's why we remember. That's why we tell you week after week we never graduate from discipline one. And that we can't leapfrog over shepherding our hearts to get to something else. At this moment, Martha shows us exactly what happens when we neglect the care of our own hearts. Martha started with good intentions. Remember, she was the one who welcomed Jesus into her home. But quickly, she became a whirlwind of activity, and she forgot the one she was serving. It was her Lord and her Master. It was the one who Martha loved. But her obsession with providing temporal things made her forget for a time the lover of her soul. How easy it is for us to get our priorities completely distorted. Here is Jesus right in her home speaking divine truth and Martha loses sight of the rare privilege she has right there to hear the Lord of the universe Teach her personally. Ladies, we have that privilege any time we want to take advantage of it. Right here. In missing that time with Jesus, not only were Martha's priorities wrong, but so was her attitude. We see Martha's lack of joy in serving her master. Rather than joyful, she became agitated. She became frustrated and exasperated, all because she missed the one thing necessary. Her heart turned inward, and she became self-focused rather than focusing on her treasured guest. What brought her to that place? We read of Martha's preparations, her service, as being much. Jesus refers to her preparations as so many things, meaning more than what was necessary. The idea here is that Martha felt overburdened and worried by all of the work she perceived she had to do. She was anxious and distracted by her preparations. Martha put an exaggerated value on excessive service. Rather than displaying her love for Jesus, 
her service became a display of her misplaced priorities. Now we all know that we can miss the heart of serving our families and others by being lazy. But we can also miss the right heart of service by being distracted, by doing too much. When our hearts are swept away by preparations and they are not anchored or fixed on the right thing, the right one, that is when we lose our focus. That is what happened to Martha. She was distracted by her excessive service, and in doing so, she missed what was necessary. She missed the good part. She missed the opportunity to learn from the one she was trying to serve. When it says that Martha was distracted, literally it means to be drawn away and to be pulled in every direction. And the verb is passive, meaning that she didn't fight against it. She allowed it to happen to her. Instead of keeping her focus that she seemed to have back in verse 38, when she welcomed Jesus into her home, she allowed herself to be pulled away. Instead of her heart being centered on Jesus, she was being pulled away from him. And so her service to Jesus became a burden. Her overactivity influenced and distorted her perspective. Her heart was pulled away from her Lord and therefore her serving became a drudgery. She received Jesus into her home, but then she neglected him as she was carried away in her preparations to make a meal for him. Ladies, if we desire to grow in grace, we must be on guard so that we are not carried away by the cares of this world. This is so often where we fight, I know for me, our spiritual battle. We are easily distracted and it's easy for us to miss out on the good part. Let's look further into that verse. It says, Martha came up to him. Now, that term implies that there was a sudden suspension of her feverish activities when she saw her sister just sitting there. Martha was exasperated. And she felt that she had good reason to be thoroughly annoyed. So in her outburst of anger, Martha interrupts Jesus' teaching. That's what happens when our exaggerated self-importance invades what we do. We will be willing to even interrupt the Son of God. So Martha stopped what she was doing and she took up a bold attitude and found fault with Mary and addresses the problem, reproaching Mary for her selfishness. And notice, she doesn't even call Mary by name. 
she refers to her as my sister. Now I think that gives us a little bit of an idea of her attitude at that point. And not only does she find fault with Mary's actions, but she finds fault with Jesus. She reproaches Jesus for his partiality. Look at it. Don't you care about me? In other words, you care about Mary, but what about me? Do you see the sin we so easily fall into when we are distracted by the excessive things we decide are necessary? We sin right in the middle of our service. Now, let's look at some other examples of that. I want you to turn to Numbers 11. We're going to look at verses 11 through 14. Now, we'll find different circumstances here, but the same attitude, the same accusation as Martha. Moses experienced something like this in his own arena of ministry. Hit verse 11. So Moses said to the Lord, Why have you been so hard on your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight, that you have laid the burden of all this people on me? Was it I who conceived all this people? Was it I who brought them forth, that you should say to me, Carry them in your bosom, as a nurse carries a nursing infant to the land which you swore to their fathers? Where am I to get meat to give all this people? For they weep before me, saying, Give us meat that we may eat. I alone am not able to carry all this people, because it is too burdensome for me. What is lacking in Moses' thinking about his ministry towards God's people? He's lacking a sense of dependence on God, isn't he? He forgot all that God had done in providing for his people. And he forgot all that God had done in providing for him as their leader. Now, turn with me to Mark 4. We're going to start with verses 35. Okay, in verses 35 and 36, um, we see that it's evening, it's getting dark, and Jesus gets into a boat with his disciples. Verse 37 says, And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so much that the boat was already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. He, Jesus, said to them, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Notice verse 38. What is their accusation? Jesus, do you not care? 
Does that sound familiar? We are so quick to draw wrong conclusions about God based on our circumstances. This accusation reveals the disciples' hearts. It reveals Martha's heart. And often it reveals our heart. These passages reveal our sinful hearts. There is a great warning for us. Our hearts can so easily become self-centered and focused on us when we need to be focusing on and trusting in Jesus. It shows us how much we need to be soaking in his word so that we don't forget about him throughout our day. That our thoughts of him would be, would accurately display his character. Now, let's go back to Martha. Martha's solution to this problem of self-centeredness was to tell Jesus what to do. She said, then tell her to help me. So first of all, she accuses Jesus of not caring about her. And then she tells Jesus what to do. She believed that she knew better than Jesus what needed to happen. This gives us great insight into what was going on inside of Martha's hearts. By making these statements, first of all, Martha obviously was not shepherding her own heart as she accuses Jesus of being insensitive. And number two, Martha is concerned that she is left alone serving. From Martha's perspective, Mary has deserted her. She felt entitled to Mary's help. Her focus was so self-centered that she couldn't see that Mary left for the right reason. She wanted her sister to help her bear her unnecessary burden. Martha's agitation was misguided and her perspective was unacceptable. She was too busy for Jesus. Number three, Martha is wrong in her judgment of Mary. She assumed that Mary was being lazy. Martha's behavior revealed her heart attitude. Her actions show us how cunningly and sinfully pride can distort and corrupt even our best intentions. Martha's pride is what caused her to judge Mary. She thought that she knew what was best for her and for Mary. Just like Martha, our sinful pride can make us susceptible to judgment of others and to all kinds of other evil as well. Anger, Resentment, jealousy, distrust, a critical spirit, and unkindness. In making an accusation against Mary, 
Martha is stating that Mary should serve her rather than Jesus. In Weiss' expanded translation, he states that Martha takes a stance over Jesus, forgetting, first of all, who she was and forgetting to whom she was speaking. She forgot that she was his servant and that he was her master. We do that, don't we? I am often forgetful when I get caught up in my own whirlwind of things to do. I forget who I am. A servant. A slave. I forget that I am needy and that I need his strength and his words. Not only to help me get done the things that need to be done, but to know what is truly important and then to have an attitude that is willing to repent of my pride and put aside the things that are not necessary so that my serving will bring him honor and glory. Number five, Martha was bitter over Mary's choice. Look at verse 42. When Jesus uses the phrase, which shall not be taken from her, it reveals what was going on inside of Martha. That bitterness moved her to even want to take away from Mary what Mary had found in sitting at the feet of Jesus. Martha was so deceived into thinking that her distracted service was most important that she began to despise her sister's wholehearted eagerness to receive instruction from Jesus. Are you beginning to see how careful we must be in our service? Our hearts are easily embittered. It is so easy to judge others, to think more highly of ourselves, and our ministries than we ought. Just like Martha, we must learn to guard our hearts. Jesus knew that Martha's heart was not right. There is nothing good in Martha's anxious and troubled agitation. No doubt, Martha loved Jesus, but her misguided idea of what it meant to serve him had to be revealed so that she could repent of it. And so we see in verses 41 and 42 a heart set right. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. The searcher of hearts knew Martha's heart problem. It is obviously by her words and actions that she is outwardly upset. But Jesus knew what was going on inside of Martha. And so, like a tender parent, Jesus exposes Martha's sin 
and gave her the gentle rebuke that she needed. Martha, Martha. The repetition of Martha's name by Jesus reveals marked disapproval, to be sure. But it is intended to bring her back gently. There is a sense of tender affection and grace in Jesus' concern for Martha. She needed to be lovingly yet firmly rebuked because she was missing out on what was most important. Jesus helped her to see that she was worried and bothered about so many things. He helped her to understand that she was overwhelmed and that she had exaggerated the necessity of her activities that distracted her. Proverbs 27.6 tells us, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Jesus' words are the balm that Martha needed to hear. She needed to see that her heart was distracted, that it was worried and bothered. She needed to see that she was unwilling to look within her own heart and to see her own sin. She was only looking outside of herself and making an inaccurate diagnosis of what she sensed was wrong with those around her. Have you ever done that? Whenever we criticize others and pity ourselves because we feel overworked, we had better examine our hearts. Perhaps in all of our busyness, we've been ignoring the Lord. See, Martha's problem was not that she had too much work to do, but rather her problem was that she allowed her work to distract her and pull her away from Jesus. She was trying to serve two masters. If serving Christ makes us difficult to live with, then there is something terribly wrong with our service. There is something terribly wrong with our hearts. Jesus knew Martha needed to understand that her motive was not pure. Who was the focal point of Martha's service? She was. Therefore, Jesus was not honored by Martha's service. He had no intention of defending it. Yet, in Martha coming to Jesus in the way in which she did, it seems that Martha was certain that Jesus would see things as she did and that he would come to her defense. She could not have been more wrong. Jesus knew what Martha needed. He knew that there was only one thing. One thing. It was what Mary chose. To sit at the feet of Jesus and to learn from him. We must choose to feast on his word and not allow our hearts to wander off into service. In verse 42, 
we see a heart that feasts. The rest of Jesus' response commends Mary's decision. She had chosen the one thing that mattered, to sit and to be with Jesus. She had chosen the good part. And remember, Mary's feasting was by choice. Mary saw Jesus for who he was. Therefore, she disciplined herself to make the choice to be near her portion. Psalm 73, 26 says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 142.5, I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. In Psalm 119.57, the Lord is my portion. I have promised to keep your words. I have sought your favor with all of my heart. To be close to God and, and to have him is one's portion is to have a heart that is teachable, eager to learn. There is a single-mindedness about Mary. We sense her wholehearted love for her Savior, that nothing will tear her away from him. Mary chose what would benefit her heart, her soul. When we, like Mary, choose this treasure, We will never be disappointed. That is a treasure that will never be taken away from us. And how do we know that? We have the privilege of being able to look back on the cross and all that it accomplished. Jesus knew that we would be women just like Martha, who needed to be forgiven and cleansed and made new in him. And so he died, and he rose again for us. Are you feeling pretty convicted right now? Maybe even condemned? We need to remember there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. We see that in how gently Jesus restored Martha. Jesus told Martha that she was worried about so many things. And you and I get worried and bothered about so many things. And Christ died for our worried and bothered hearts. And now we are no longer slaves to unbiblical priorities, to sinful worry and distraction. But we are slaves to Christ. And so even when we find that we have become distracted, we can flee right back to our Master Jesus. And we can cry out and confess our need for Him, our treasure. And we will be, and we will be faithful to reorder our priorities and our hearts. According to Jesus, there is only one choice that we make that rises above all others. According to Jesus, there is one choice that possesses a necessity 
beyond other seemingly necessary choices. According to Jesus, there is one choice to make as his servants that brings pleasure to him above all others. If we miss in choosing this one thing, we will find that the rest of our service in our households and in our ministries will be lacking. I want to end with this quote from Ryle's commentary on Luke. He wrote, Mary chose what was for the benefit of her soul. She was seeking more grace. She was striving after closer communion with God and his Christ. This was the portion which she preferred to everything else and to which she was willing to willing for a time to postpone all earthly care. Those who seek such a portion will never be disappointed. Their treasure will never be taken from them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you love us so much. First of all, that you gave us your son. We thank you that you have given us your word. Father, you are so kind to give us passages like the one we looked at this morning that cause us to look at the motives of our own hearts. Father, I know that I can become so easily distracted and I can go about my day and miss the one thing that you say, that you tell us is important. And so, Father, I am thankful for the cross. I'm thankful that when I acknowledge that my heart has been sinfully pulled away, drawn away from you, that I can come back and confess and that you are faithful to forgive me. You're faithful to forgive us and we can start anew. Father, I pray that we will remember that we are your servants that you desire for us to serve others, but that that serving must come out of the overflow of our time with you. So, Father, I pray that you would help us, that you give us the desire and the discipline to feast on your word so that it does overflow into everything we do and to everyone we come in contact with. And we know we can do that only because of your work. And so we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.